with me to Proverbs chapter 23, if you would. I want to continue what we did the Wednesday before I disappeared. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about the exponential of your potential. You know how it just rhymes and stuff there, but uh, I like this. And I want, to, I want to go to Hebrews and say I'm, that we're all supposed to provoke one another to love and good works. Provoke one another. Provoke is kind of a getting out of the comfort zone. Provoke. Provoke. Incite. Stir up. A little uncomfortable. Well, you sure look sweet today. Versus, you missed a spot, you ought to go fix that. <laughs> We're to provoke one another to love, to love and good works. So we inspire by love. Good works inspire. Our testimony. You got a testimony? Sure you do. I said, sure you do. Yes. You got a testimony. It's the most valuable thing you have as far as your walk with the, the harvest. We had a young man come in this morning saying, I need help. I got 1,700 kids or whatever he said, and, and I need help. And I, my heart goes out to that. But it's going to be that way tomorrow until we get the word in, until we change something. But what we share with him is, I was just like you, and I called upon the name of the Lord, and it changed. And, and as long as you're calling on me, you get a few bucks, but you, nothing's going to change. Well, that's what you got to, you're going to have to hone down your testimony this next year. Y'all say amen. amen. You've got one. If it's not very good, get one. Borrow one. I, I've, I've told stories about other people. Yeah. Well, Brother Hagin said sure. when he did this and did that, the Lord did this and did that. And it's like, oh, wow. They don't know who he is, but they didn't know who I was. So it was just as good. And so get you a testimony. Find out what happened in your life. In 24, get ready to share it. Because so somebody's going to be asking you, help me. What I do is I go up to people and I say that are obviously needing healing. And I tell them, I pray for people. And many times the Lord heals them. I don't tell them it's 100%, even though I believe it is. I just say, many times the Lord heals you, heals them. Can I pray for you? Well, who's going to pass down a deal like that? And so you immediately can, that's a testimony. I pray for people. And many times the Lord heals them. The Lord heals them. Well, boy, you can go anywhere with that. And just this last year, I'm, I'm going to get off track, but. But off track is, is on track for me. So hallelujah. But getting generous. I've asked the men in, in Valor to put some jingle. No, no. To put some paper in their billfold. We need to have cash. Ladies, you need to have cash. You go, well, I don't have any. No, you just don't have any in your purse. You, 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 you've got it somewhere. And it's, it's to give. And so I've been buying a lot of dinners lately. I don't know these people, but I just tell them Jesus loves you and here it is. You just never know when you walk away what that did, when you're inspired. Go, go into a Crystal's restaurant or something, heaven help me. And, you know, the, the homeless are in there, especially in the winter. And just, just buy them lunch, buy, give them $20. Well, they might spend it on drugs. They might get drunk. Yep. But they'll never miss the transaction that somebody gave that to them in the name of the Lord. And so what they do with it is really irrelevant. It's the transaction of love that changes their life. Let's do what we did better. Let's do what we did more. Let's, let's get off of the, the old attitude. You know, we're almost full grown in here. Well, doggone, I look around, everybody's full grown. So let's, let's, let's quit saying I used to be or I was raised this way or my husband left me or my, my, you know, my kids did this. Well, pfft, we don't, everybody's got a story. 
We're, we don't want to hear your story. We want to hear what did Jesus do in the midst of your story? Because everybody's got a story. And if you didn't find Jesus to fix your story, then you're living out of your story. And we, we're not impressed because everybody's got one. And a lot of them are better than yours. So let's start telling about Jesus this next year. The Lord is on fire about these things. He's, he's ready. The reason he's ready now more than ever than in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s is because of the compression of time that happens before the coming of the Lord. And we know, we know, do you know? Yes, we know that the Lord is coming. I've been, I've been wearing my little Jesus is coming look busy tag all week long. All my family would look at it and then look up. I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Jesus is coming. Look busy. Nobody said a word. But everybody saw it. I mean, it's, it's like a billboard. Well, get you a tag. Get you a hat. Get you, a, get you something. The Bible says in Acts 26.2. Don't go there. But I'm just telling you this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch you into 24 with the word this morning. Now, I'm not the only one that can do that. I'm just, but this, we're all here together, so we're going to do that. But Paul said in Acts 26, he was in chains. He was in chains and he was in front of King Agrippa. He was in chains. And Agrippa called him and said, uh, I, I want to hear your story. And Paul, the first thing he said, he said, I think myself happy. So let's just quote the Bible this morning by faith and just say it together. I think myself happy. Let's just put that on all year long. Let's just not have a bad day. You ever had a bad day? Don't, I hope you can't remember it. We are not having any more bad days. Every day is good. What, does that mean you got backslid? You, you had a bad day because you, you weren't born again? You had a bad day because the devil boogered you up? We don't have no bad days. I think myself happy. I actually, I'll tell this, it's, it, it'll mess up the next hour, but I'll tell you this. Sometimes I practice smiling. Because I have seen people that, that if you catch them in a repose, if you catch them in a, in, a, in, a, in a neutral moment, they're frowning. You know, and you say, well, hello, ma'am. And they, they perk up. But their default is a frown. Ah, the good news is inside of us. And the greater one is, is inside of us. I think myself happy. I'm telling you, I'm happy. I'm happy to be born. I'm still alive. I'm almost 70, old as a tree. But I went out there and saw older trees, so it's okay. My, dad's, my dad just turned 93, and it's like, ah, I got lots of room. Amen. Uh, I think myself happy. So I want to ask what I did Wednesday week about where are we going? You need to know where you're going this next year. Good enough is not good enough. Say, well, you know, it'll all turn out amazing. We'll just cross that river when we get that bridge when we get there. That's not how we work. We're purposeful. We're purposeful. We're people that don't have a budget. We're on the Lord's budget. What if he gave you $20,000? What would you do with it? I don't know. I never thought of it. Shame on you. I got $20,000 in the low hole in my thinking. It's not even like, wow, that's the most money I can think of. No, 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 no. I've got a check in my dream book from way back and it's got a million dollars on it. I wrote out, you know, wrote it out and signed it. Put it in the book. So I look at it. Million dollars. Well, that's a lot of money. Just if you're little. Just if you're little. If you're little, that's a lot of money. If you're little, 2000 could be a lot of money. But it's like, that's my going out money. That's my, that's my blessing money. I hope you did good at Christmas. 
when the whole world is shrinking back and saying, we got to cut back. But you know, them billings and those caches and those, those, those GANs, that seems like in the hardest times, they just keep pouring out more and more. That's what you're known for. So you can tell them, you know, the Bible says, and you ought to, and the, the Bible says, or you can just demo it. And if the Lord's in for it, then he'll fund it. Can you imagine the Lord funding your extravagance so that you can make, be a testimony of generosity? It must be that the stuff you use, you can't lose. So what I want to do this morning, I want to talk about the exponential of your potential. I want to get over there in the, in the, the fun words of the Bible. The words that are not just, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I like that, but that's not the only scripture in there. Where are we going? Where are you going in 24? If you don't know, you'll wander around till December 31st and say, where have I been? Where are you going? Well, we're just, we're just going with the flow. Well, that's good, but how do you always know what the flow is? Some things look strange. Some things look peculiar. Is that the flow or is that something weird? You need to decide up front. You need to agree with heaven. And to agree with heaven, you got to know what heaven's thinking. It's in the book. It's in the book. You never know what God's going to do. Yeah, you do. It's in the book. It's all there. It's all there. And if it's not in there, then, you know, walk carefully. But it's in the book. But we don't look at the stuff that's in the book. Bill Johnson said, and I've been saying this, so I'm going to just quote it again. He said, I cannot afford to have a thought in my head about me. I cannot afford to have a thought in my head about me that is not his. Well, so what's that mean? Can't afford. What does that mean? I can't afford to have a thought. In other words, there's a detrimental effect to having a thought in your head, a thought in your head that's neutral, maybe. Maybe it's not even like, I think I'll go kill somebody or something. It's not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about just a thought in your head that he can't agree with. Or that it's neutral. I'm just going to live a slug day. I'm just going to do nothing for God today. I'm not going to read the word. I'm not going to. I can't afford to have a thought in my head about me that's not his. I can't afford. So affording something that you can't afford is detrimental. It's negative. So that must mean that thoughts are powerful. Are you all there? That what you think, well, who cares what I think? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What you think is what you're going to eventually believe. And what you believe is eventually what you're going to say. And what you say is what you'll always have. You will have whatever you meditate on. Everything you meditate on is coming into your life. Whether we know about it or heard about it, everything you meditate on will become words and those words will create themselves. So Bill Johnson said, I can't afford to have a thought. So he went back to the rudimentary. He went back to the basis. He said, I can't afford to have a thought in my head about me that is not his. So there's a big screening process going on. Right? Because lots of thoughts come. Brother Hagin always said you can't, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from lighting in your... Yeah, building a nest in your hair. Yeah. Good. I'm glad y'all are paying attention. I should have documented that, but yeah, y'all know. So, so thoughts are everywhere. What you see, you have a temptation to think about it. But seeing it is not, and seeing the image is not thinking about it. You just cast that down. I'm not thinking about that. And so the economy has a voice. It says, wee. And our president right now, I don't mind going on record and saying it's scary out there. It's scary out there, but it doesn't affect me. It just means I have to, I just don't have any help going where I was already going to go anyway. 
It doesn't matter who's in the president's office. You're going to have to think right because they hadn't got it. So thoughts are important. Let's think better in 24. Let's do a better job of screening. Let's not entertain lack. I've been fighting poverty and lack and little in my life, shortage and need since I was little. I didn't have evil parents. I just had very dedicated and consecrated parents that we're going to have land and we're going to we're going to have it and we're going to farm it and we're going to be happily live happily ever after. So I was in that that process of, of land. And wells and stuff like that, so we didn't have anything. So it affected me like it affected you when you were growing up. Whether they just didn't have it or if they chose to have it and spend it another way. But I've been fighting it. I've been criticized for it. I've driven very nice cars. I've lived in a very nice house. It meant nothing to me. Glad to have it, glad to do it, but it, it didn't change anything. You sleep the same at night. You, your, your toast is the same in the morning. And uh, the front door works the same on every house. So you just go in and out. So it doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter. But I don't want to think about lack and little. I want things in my life that enhance my ability, my potential to do what I'm called to do, whatever that is. So I don't live 80 miles out of town and drive in every day. Sorry about y'all. <laughs> Uh, Proverbs 23, 7. We're going to get there. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Let's put it in first person and read it together. For as I think in my heart, so am I. Better. As I think in my heart, so am I. Is that true? Yes. What if the Bible was true? What if this was the truth? Then what you think about is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's like that's the next thing or down the road. It's coming what you think about. So it might be important in the sense of living a life pleasing to God to think about what he thinks about. And if he's not thinking good about something, then we disregard it. We're like, we're not, we're not interested in that. Well, I've always wanted to do this or that. Well, is God interested in that? If not, let's just leave it alone and see what he's got. Praise God. Uh, so are you agreeing with heaven on earth for 24? Are you making a transaction as we turn the page? God doesn't turn it, but we do. We turn the page into 24 and, and the world's saying resolution. Do y'all know all the planet fitness commercials that are on TV? They're, they're like, I've been riding one of those bikes and those treadmills in my sleep every day. You know, planet fitness has got me and they're just holding me in there. And I don't want to, but they, I got to. Yeah. But then all those treadmills and all those memberships will be for sale in March. So have you been thinking about what you've been thinking? Because the way, the reason you are, the reason I am where I am is because of what I thought the other day. And if I don't like where I am and I don't like how it's going, then it's not like I can change people or move or, or get a different car or a different whatever. I just change the way I think. Well, how easy is that? Well, it's very uneasy, but then it's very easy. We've got to think right. You got to think right. And see, that's something that I can do. Cross every mountain and swim every sea and all that stuff. Walk across hot glass. I can't do. But I can think right. I can, I can give, like Melissa was saying, where, where you give yourself to that. I think she said it. That's what I heard anyway. <laughs> you give yourself to that, and then that's what you have. Well, is it tomorrow? No. Because we're working stuff out that we've been thinking. We're working stuff out. Little lack, shortage, fear. Well, I'm afraid they're going to come and do this. And I'm afraid that my kids are going to run off. And I'm afraid of this. We got to get where we're not. We're fearless. 
Ain't scared is what they told me in Alabama. I first moved here and I saw that on the back of a, a pickup. Ain't scared. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I never saw that in West Texas. Ain't scared. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, we ain't scared. We ain't scared. We're not afraid of anything. And that's good. And if you are, you need to be honest. And you need to you need to get on that and say, why are you afraid of that? Well, my daddy did this and my family did that and my job did this and whatever. You need to go to the root of that or whatever, whatever it is and just say, you are a non-element in my future. You are so in my past and you have nothing to do with my today. The word of the Lord is how I think and that's how I'm going to have it. But you got to get in it. To think it, you got to get in it. And so I would, I would recommend as, as your friend, pony up in the next year. Read through the Bible. We got, I'm off camera. They don't know where I went. We're going to change these somewhat because there were some things in Proverbs that were kind of curse filled and stuff like that. But you ought, to, you ought to have a minimum. This is one chapter a day. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. But me and good girl, we sit down and every morning she reads to me one chapter. And we do a different translation every year. We just got through the passion, which is practically inintelligible in some places. You know, you know, good King James and you hear that. But anyway, you, if you want to think better, you're going to have to think better about what you're reading, what you're looking at, what you're putting in. You're going to have to change your friends. I mean, if you don't, if you got them, them cruddy friends, you got to get into a ministry mode. I have no friends that are not ministry oriented. I mean, you, you have blood family that you have to. They, you have to. But everybody else, I'm either receiving ministry from them or I'm ministering down to them. Not down, but to. Everybody's ministry in my life. I hadn't got any time for baggage that's neutral. Well, just an old buddy that we just sit around and talk about the old times. I don't have any of them anymore. You go, what's, what's up? Because there's just 24 hours in a day and only seven days in a week. And every one of them is important. If we could tell you your last day, you would think different. If we told you when the rapture was, it's October 2nd or whatever, you'd go, I need to pony up. We're not, we're not going to buy that, that property that we're going to develop and it takes three years. We're not going to do it. Anyway, you ought, to, you ought to go through the Bible. I hope you have a plan. This, isn't, this, is, this is Genesis, Proverbs, Psalms, and the New Testament. We don't do any Leviticus in here. No numbers in Deuteronomy. No lamentations. No lamentations. So anyway, get you a plan. Where am I going here? Where am I going? Look, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Y'all remember that? You go, well, why would the Lord say, I know, I know what I think about you? That, it's like, God, yeah. My three-year-old knows. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. This is the new living. Excuse me. To give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and hope. So, so God's telling us what he's thinking. It's the goodness of God that leads you to change, to repentance, Romans 2 says. It's the goodness of God. So, so he's thinking good. Well, you never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. The goodness of God is leading you to change. He's not whacking people saying, I am tired of you drinking and drugging and messing around and I'm just going to slap you down. I'm going to slap you down and the reason your life is cruddy is because God's mad at you. It's never happened. It's never happened. It's not in the New Testament ever happened. He is on your side. He is, he is drawing you like the father that pulled the prodigal out of the pig pen by just being there every day waiting on him. He's waiting on us and he's always ready. And so the, the Amplified says to give you, to give you hope in your final outcome. Now we've been talking about faith, how faith changes chaos. 
into the promise. People are like, well, I thought I was in faith, but look at this mess in my life. Well, he promised you the end of your faith, the promise, but between now and then, it may be a little nasty. Do y'all know about a little nasty? You may have to call things that be not as though they were. You may not have all the money you need because the promise is coming and that's what's going to happen, but in between. So he said, I'm promised you a future and a hope. So he's working on it. It's under construction. Your life and mine is under construction. Why does it have to be under construction? Because we got born again instantly, but we renew our mind day by day. We're working stuff out, working stuff in. So there's a process. There's garbage going out and good stuff coming in. And some days it's the opposite. Garbage comes in and we let it. We think about that stuff. Oh, what am I going to do? Times are hard. Interest is up. The, land, the rent went up. The groceries are going up. What are we going to do? Gas, gas, gas is high. You know, we, we, what are we going to do? One time I had a Tahoe and it for, gas was $4 a gallon and I put in 25 gallons. I gave them a $100 bill to go down the road with a, one tank of gas. It's not even the biggest tank on the market. It, and, the, and so it's like, but there's plenty of money for gas at $4. Oh, I don't know if I got y'all here or not. The Young's translation says a future of success. God says, I got plans. and My plans are a future of success. The Knox says, for you, I have a destiny. He has a destiny for me. In other words, he's already looked ahead. The higher up you are, the further out you can see. And he's way up and he's looked way out. He said, I got some good stuff waiting on you, son. Well, where is it? Work stuff out and work in the new stuff. The uh, Jerusalem says, I'm reserving a future for you. Yay. Oh, I, he's on our side. Now, I do want to tell you that God's not in control, but he is in, he is in potential. God's not in control. He is not in control. He's in control of heaven. It's just like he likes it in heaven. There's no devil. There's no sin. There's no rebellion. There's nobody mad. There's nobody whooping on somebody else. It's just like he likes it in heaven. But on earth, it's not just like he likes it because there is a devil. There is sin. There is the curse. So it's God's not in control down here. He was in the Old Testament. He had to be because nobody was born again. He was in the Gospels. Nobody was born again. He couldn't work from inside. He had to work on the outside. He had to kind of move stuff around. He had a fleece. And you went out and looked at the fleece. Well, we'll know what God's saying based on if it's moist or not. He had the Urim and the Tumen where you, you, <laughs> yeah, they threw lots. But now he doesn't do that lot thing. He doesn't do that fleece thing. He doesn't do, well, the Lord must be saying this because he closed the door. He doesn't close doors. They just shut the Lord must be saying something because he opened a door. Don't go in that door just because it opened. I'm fixing to preach good. I got some notes here that'll, that'll, that'll turn, yeah, such hair on fire. But here's what we do, and we're going to say this for the camera. He sets the legal limits in all of his creation. He sets the outer limits. You can't go past this. So the pink Cadillac, the five pink Cadillacs, no, it's not in the word. One thing he sets on the earth is that I like this, but we need to know it. It's, it everybody does know it, is that citizens on earth have to be born and have a body. That's, that's the legal limits. So demons and angels have no authority in the earth. Jesus himself. Now, this will set your ears back. Jesus is in heaven and he doesn't even have authority on the earth anymore. Except when we invoke his name. Oh, yeah, he's there front and center when you say in the name of Jesus. But just waiting around saying, Lord, when are you going to do something? That ain't happening. Do y'all got that? There's rules. There's rules of the road. 
And so creation's got jurisdictions. It's got protocols. It's got things. Why did God do it? We don't know. But once he did it and once he wrote it down, that is the way it is. He doesn't change. He could have changed, but he once he wrote it down. Another thing he does is that when you die, you lose your earthly citizenship. You have to leave. He gone. All authority, listen, this is one of the rules of the kingdom. All authority is enforced by speaking. No thought authority. I'm just thinking how rich I am. I'm just thinking how healed I am. Until it comes out of your little pie hole, it didn't happen. Y'all got that? You go, well, sometimes that's the way it works, but sometimes, no. It's always that way. All the time. Uh, You will always reap exactly and precisely what you sow. That's in the kingdom. Is that negotiable? Nope. That's the way it is. And so when you say, but I I sowed much and I didn't reap anything. You're probably not 39 either. Uh, uh, Your identity, who you believe you are in him sets the jurisdiction, the boundaries of your jurisdiction. If you believe you're a worm, then you can only rule and reign over what a worm rules and reigns over. But if you think you are better than hot toast with butter on it, you can take hold in America. You can take hold in this world. You can take hold in your life. You you are the new man in Christ. And the new man, as he is, so is he, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we act just like Jesus. We have the same authority as Jesus. We are not Jesus, but we have the same authority. Romans 8 says he's the firstborn among many brethren. The new birth is sonship. That's another thing that's in the kingdom. Sonship. We're not servants anymore. Well, I'm just a handmaid of the Lord. I'm just a servant of the Lord. We don't bow. Servants bow. Sons lift their hands. So we're sons. We're sons. And everything that a son and a daughter has and is, is who we are. Well, I don't know about that. I just, I just hate to, you know, I hate to take that. Well, that's how you're going to live then. As you think is how you're going to live. You want to live wormy? You're going to, it's, it's going to be wormy over in your corner. Hallelujah. So I wrote this down about, uh, uh, it's in my book, but uh, your legal limit. The Lord does not control. God's not in control, but he's in potential. So he he extends and marks the outer boundaries of your life. What you cannot exceed. He does that. And you can have everything up to that. Right. You can have everything up to that, but he sets the legal boundaries and then it's up to who to live that life. It's up to me because God's not in control. Jesus is all authority on in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, he gave it to us. So uh, I wrote down that your legal limit in God is exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So if you, can ask, if you can ask or think it, he says, I'm good with that. You submit it to heaven saying, Lord, I'm thinking about this and I'm asking about this. What do you think? He said, I'm in. You go, that's pretty broad. Well, he's the one that said nothing is impossible to him who believes. Oh, my. He's the one that said, what things soever you desire when you pray. Whatsoever things, whatsoever things you desire. You desire, desire when you pray, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. He said that. Oh, my. Who said that? Oh, that was Hezekiah. Oh, that was the Lord Jesus. We have not been out on the outer edge. We hadn't even hardly heard there be an outer edge. And it's costing you everything. Oh, you got a good life. You got a little mediocre life, you know, a little 
little old McDonald had a farm. You know, we, 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 we're, everything's fine. That's why they sing those songs. I just want a little cabin over yonder because they didn't want to exploit God. I can tell you as a son, I want everything my father and mother have. So I put your legal limit is exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think and the end of your strength. What is the limit of your strength? That'd be good to know. So you won't go past that. So you won't be asking there. The end of your strength is according to the power that worketh in you. Oh, how much is that? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So according to that power, that's the end of my strength. I just can't go any further. Well, the greater one can. Let's ship over, shift, shift over to hydropower, to Holy Ghost power, to whatever, and shift into him. So that when we get tired in our soul, get tired in our body, he's never tired. He said, we can do this. I need your mouth. I'm Michael, I need your faith and I need your mouth. Can you, can you give me that? I don't need you to walk across the water and the glass, the, the coals. I need your faith and your mouth. If you'll give me that, if you'll agree with me, we'll go there. We'll go to the other side. Well, it's just so hard. What is hard? What is hard about opening your pie hole and saying, greater is he that is in me? I thought it was hard. It's not hard. I may get off a little bit here, but I'm gonna, I'll get back on eventually. <laughs> Hallelujah. So here, I wrote this down. The exponential of your potential is up to you. It's not up to God. It's not, God is not limiting you. He said the limit on you is, is above what you, is, as you ask and think. That's your limit. Well, can you ask something big? Can you think something big? The word there is imagination and meditation. Can you imagine something that God would put you in? A ministry position or a, a financial position or a... Or a healing position? Could, can you imagine that? Can you think that? Well, uh, yeah. If you meditate this, you will. You won't get it at the doctor. You won't get it listening, looking up uh, uh, online MD or whatever that is. You won't get it there. They'll tell you, you better go see a doctor. You're in trouble. <laughs> Don't wait till tomorrow. You got to go today. You can't get it there, but you can get it here. By his stripes, you were healed. Amen. Oh. So that's my, if I can think that, if I can get in agreement with that, if I can put, if I can wrap that around me, by his stripes, I was healed. That's your final answer, Lord. He said, you can have it. If you can think it. Well, you can't think beyond the word. But we've been studying, uh, looking at it, even looking at something that's, that's way out there. Uh, this is just a little side note about being translated. There's people in the body of Christ that have taken Philip the, and baptized in the eunuch. And then the Bible says immediately he was in Azotus. Where's that at? An axe? Probably an axe. Yeah. So it's like, what's that there for? Why did the Lord put that in there? So you could think on it and ask it. So what would be, how hard would it be to get to church or anywhere, but especially to church, if you could get translated? They did it. They did it. These, these authors did it. They drove a five-hour trip, and, and they drove all the way up there. It took five hours. They saw this gas station. They saw this grocery store. They saw this mall. They drove by all of it. And then they turned around and said, we believe we receive when we pray. And they got back, and they saw every store and every gas station and every mall, everything just like they did, but they looked at their watch. And what had taken five hours just took two hours. Now, I, I'm not sure about all the figures there, but that's, that's basically it. It's go, wouldn't that be handy? Wouldn't that be as handy as having a hundred dollar bill sometime when you go to lunch? Cause time is the thing that we don't have. It's non-negotiable. 
except now we know it's not. I never thought of that. Well, you never asked for it. I never asked for it because I never thought of it. But he said you can have a, all you can ask or think. All you can ask or think. So I'm thinking on that. I didn't tell my mother I wasn't coming back, but I was thinking, I need to shut this thing down. It's 15 hours out there. Anyway. Okay. I wrote in my book, Wisdom to Finish Strong. How do you measure your capacity? Because, you know, well, we'll read it in a second. How do you measure your capacity? Well, what is enough? What is enough? How do you measure your capacity? How much can you hold? Can you be translated? Can you, can you handle $100,000? Can you handle it? Do you know what to do with it? Well, yeah, I'm going to bank that stuff and put it up for retirement. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you, it's not coming to you, honey. Money's everywhere, and you can earn it and bank it if you want to, but not, it's not coming from heaven. So back to this. How do you measure your capacity? Well, what is enough? Are you satisfied that you have pleased God? Then rest. That's what Paul said. He said, I've run my race. I finished my course. I'm ready to go. He said, I've, I finished. Then rest. Then measure what is still stirring. After you sit down and stir and say, Lord, I've done it all. I've done all you've asked me to. I'm going to rest. And so you sit down and you listen. Potential. Then measure what is yet stirring. Potential be aroused for more. So sometimes we need to stop and measure our capacity. Well, you're thinking, well, next year's going to be just as busy and hard and, and, and financially demanding as it was this year. Oh, well, what if, what if things changed? What if you had a supernatural element that you didn't have in 23 going into 24? Well, how would you get that? Well, you'd get it out of this. You'd get it from meditating. You'd get it from meditating, thinking on, Lord, what do you want me to do in 24? I'm as valuable as anybody on the planet. I'm not as important in these circles, and I'm not as well-known in these circles, but I can go places that Kenneth Copeland can't go. Can y'all? Well, yeah. He's never been where you, you can go, and those people are just as important as the people he's seeing. They're just different. So, Lord, what do you want me to do? When you ask questions like that, when you meditate and say, Lord, what's the end of my potential? What's my capacity? How large am I? How big am I? He'll start talking to you. But until you ask him these things, he's not answering because they don't fit anything that you're asking. Our job at River Church, what is our job at River Church? We are not here to have services. But what we are here is to enlarge our capacity and enlarge our potential to think big in small places. That's what we are. Not just think big. This isn't a Tony Robbins seminar. This isn't a, this is this. To find out what the word says now that we've got over being born again and spirit filled. We know about healing. We know God wants to supply our needs. What is next? What is, what is the call on my one and only life? What is unique and specific and, and, and tailored just to me? Where, where I fit in the, my, the key that I am fits in the door that nobody else can unlock. Where, where and what am I and what am I designed for? Nobody asks that. They're just trying to get through life. Well, we just got through another year. Praise the Lord. There's another one coming. That's just wrong thinking. That's carnal. First, Second Corinthians three says, are you not carnal? Are you not mere men? That's how mere men think. And it's everywhere and it's been on us. But we're going to shake it off. We're going to shake it off. We're going to shake it off and say. The Bible says in Acts somewhere, look it up. It's 
It's in there. It says, David served his generation by the grace of God. Anyway, David served his generation. I want to serve my generation. I'm here for a reason. I'm in Alabama for a reason. I'm at River Church for a reason. And so are you. Well, none of us are just scattered like leaves that fell off the tree. We are all ordained and, and, and led. If you're led at all, and it's so, okay, if you're here for a reason, let's find out what it is and giddy up. I got another whole page of notes. <laughs> Don't think you got out. So you know what this is all about? This is about lordship. This is all about lordship. That's what we do at River Church is we always work on lordship because if he's Lord, nothing else matters. You don't have to say, don't do this and don't do that. Quit doing that and quit looking. Just make him Lord. And those stuff, that stuff will fade away. So we're just at Jesus. You are worthy to be Lord. You've bought me with a price. I'm not my own. You're Lord. What does that look like to me, Lord? Show me what it looks like to you for me to make you Lord. And he will. It's a dangerous question. Because once you know, you might be stretched. You know, really, lordship, you know what it is. It's, it's seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things that you're chasing and that the heathens, the Gentiles are looking for will be added to you. So, so if making him Lord adds all the stuff that you were not making him Lord over, it's a deal. Just make me Lord and everything else will work. Put this one key in the door and turn it and I'll open you the door of everything. He even said that to Solomon. Solomon was an old covenant boy. He and, and had a lot of girls around all the time. So he wasn't, he wasn't that smart. Everybody knows. One's all you can handle. Wisdom says don't get two. But even Solomon, because he, the Lord said, what do you want, son? What do you want? He said, Lord, I want wisdom to rule your kingdom. And the Lord was impressed. That's a seek ye first answer. He said, well, because you asked me for that, all these things will be added unto you. Wealth, honor, long life, riches, and all the other stuff. He said, because you ask for wisdom. Well, that's the same as Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first. I can do that. Family, we can do that. We, it's not like, well, that's hard. What, how are we going to do it? We're going to have to take out a loan and we're going to have to quit our jobs. No! Lordship is all day, every day, but you can do it. We can seek first the kingdom. And that's all we're going to preach here is lordship because it, it fixes everything. Matthew 25. Just listen. I'm going to read it to you. And unto one he gave five talents. You all know the story. To another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And, and if you look that up, the word is capacity. What can you handle? Well, every business owner knows he's got different level of employees. And he's going to leave the shop to go out of town. He's going to leave it with one of them. And he measures them according to their several capacity. What can, who's, who's going to do the best job? And that's what he did that day. And that's what he's still doing. He's measuring you. He wants all of us to do the nth degree of the kingdom. But we limit him because we don't work stuff out and work stuff in. We're carnal. We're mere men sometimes. So it says, uh, then you go down to verse 28 and 29. He says, take therefore the talent from him. You know, the bad boy, the guy that buried his. Y'all remember him. We're skipping. And give it unto him which hath ten talents. Well, the boy already had ten. He had none. The Lord and his master gave him five. He doubled it to ten. And then the Lord said, take it away from the bad boy and give it to him. He'll have eleven. Lord, that's not fair. Ah, that's kingdom. Now, y'all, you're going to have to figure it out. The kingdom is not America. The kingdom is not democracy. The kingdom is not 
worldly fair. The kingdom is just. And if and then he said this for. So the reason you take the one out of the hand of the, the bad boy, give it to the one. He said, for unto everyone that hath shall be given. I can get that. I can hath. Can you hath? Can you hath in 24? Can you be a hath or are you going to stay a hath not? We're not going to do hath nots. To him that hath shall be given and he shall have an abundance. I like that word. Abundance. He didn't say he'll, he'll, we're going to let him pay his bills. It's abundance. Y'all get that word. Get that word. It's a New Testament word. It's a Jesus word. Abundance. Well, that means you got to sell out and go to a monastery and you got to be a monk and you got to walk the trail of tears and you got to what? No, all you got to do is be a half. You got to believe and speak. I can do that. So I, how far am I away from being a half and having abundance? Just a decision. Jesus is Lord. I'm going to do it his ways. My mind says as an American... Take away the 10 and give everybody, that would be uh, 10 plus uh, 4 plus 1, there would be 15. Give everybody 5. That's how America would do it. Or socialism or whatever. We'd give everybody 5. Everybody, is, this, is, this is fair. Not the kingdom of God. Y'all need to know he wants you to have abundance Exceeding abundantly above what you could ask or think is what he's thinking. And if you don't think like he thinks, you're going to just have the five. Well, I've never seen it. Ah, we may be the first. We won't be, but maybe the first that we know about that says, I'm going to believe what the word says. What if the word's true? And then he goes on and he says, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. So why do some people just can't get it together? Are they bad people? Is God punishing them? Is God holding them back because they don't obey? They don't come to church? We always say the people that come to a marriage seminar are the people that have good marriages. Who comes to the prosperity seminar? They drive up nice stuff and get out in nice stuff because they're hats. The hats not like, well, I had to work and we had a kid and the dog threw up in the bathroom and, you know, I couldn't make it. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's always something. Hear me. It's always something. They have a list. And they just pick it like, okay, the dog threw up in the bathroom. That's the dog ate my homework. The weast says to the one who has shall be given and he shall. Now, I like this. He shall be furnished with superfluity. Superfluity. Superfluid. A bunch. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, OK, I'm not out of time. This morning, I am not out of time. I heard someone say yesterday that Rodney Howard Brown, he's got the, the river church. He got up and he said, we're not going to do church growth. If you can't stay two hours and be happy about it in services, don't come. Go find you somewhere else. We don't have a clock. So y'all better pray that I don't hear that again. <laughs> Amen. So this is what God, you say, what does God in control look like? I'm going to tell you. This is what God in control looks like. When he has his way, doesn't mean he mandates it. Well, you know, God's in control. That's why you lost your job and lost your daughter. And, and no, 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 no. He doesn't have any of that. But he does have God in potential. He has God in potential. In other words, he spreads the table out and says, you can have all of this. How much do you want? How much will you go after? I'll give it all to you. Oh, that's a little different. That puts it back on me. 
but that's okay. That's what faith does. So God in control looks like this. I'm just going to read you a few scriptures. Not as many as I want to, but I will read you a few. This is what God in control looks like. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty, you by identification, substitution, might be made rich. That's what the Bible says. Rich. Now, I don't know what you think rich is. The Philippines thinks it's different than us. They have a new bicycle. They're rich. What does God in control look like? In chapter 9, verse uh, 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That's what God in control looks like. God in control. Jesus is Lord. He's in control. I've given him control of my life. I think his thoughts. I do his things. Whatever he do, does, I do. And greater works than he did will I do. Whatever that means. It just caps it off and said, don't be trying to poor mouth this thing. He's good with it. What else does it mean? It means Proverbs 20, 13. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. That's what God is in control looks like. Where's this money going to come from? It's out there. The, the mark of it is, is the Egyptians had all that money. And the poorest people on the planet for 400 years was the, the Israelites. And they borrowed from the Egyptians. The word there is plundered. They said, I need that necklace. And they said, take it all. And they, there was so much there, they made the tabernacle out of pure gold. Uh, Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. That is what God in control looks like. I need one more amen to go on. Okay. Uh, uh, Job 22, 28. Thou shalt de decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your ways. That's what God in control looks like. I say it, that's the way it is, and it won't be different than that. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty four. 24. We already said this, and what things soever you desire, whatever you desire. Of course, you've been with God, so you're not desiring weird things, off things. You're, you're on the plan of God. You, what things whoever you desire when you pray, when you pray, believe you receive them. And you shall have them. Uh, Malachi 3.10. Tithers should never be depressed about their money or anything else. Because Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you're not easily able to contain. Sounds like exceeding abundantly above. Sounds like all sufficiency in all things abounding to every good work. Uh, do y'all like that? Is that, is that okay? Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Amen. I'm something else. How about you? I mean, I'm something else. Well, you don't look like much. <laughs> if you'll do a spirit gram, a spirit Ray thing, you'll see what's inside of me. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Oh. See, those are the things we should talk about this next year. Well, God supplies all my needs. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means nothing to anybody because it's so passe. It's so, it's so off the cuff. 
Well, God will come through eventually, maybe, somehow. It'll, we'll, get, we'll get by. That's what it means. But all sufficiency and all things abounding to every good work is a little more like, can't touch this. I'm about finished. I'm going to burn your roast. That's what I'm going to do. Mastery in life. We ought to hear it here at church. You ought to hear about mastery in life at church. You ought to know about life in church. We're not just about heaven, missing hell, the devil. We're about living our best life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have your best life. So mastery is more than just a good life. It's more than a better life. We would all raise our hands and said 23 was a better life than 22 and beyond. We are making progress. We are taking ground. Things, good things have happened. He's delivered us out of them all. But it's more than just that. Mastery is the assigned life. Say it with me. The assigned life. Point to yourself with me. The assigned life. See, you're uniquely, specially made. There's nobody like you. Even, can you imagine 8 billion people that are alive right now and all the billions that have already died, that every one of their fingerprints are unique and specific? How, how, can, you, how can you change the pattern on a fingertip 8 million times and always be different? How, how can your, your retina... Is it a retina scan that they do? How can that be specific and unique to you? Yeah, it is. And if he's got that for you, then he's got a specific mission or plan for you. And our job is not to make it happen. Our job is to accept it, to discover it and accept it and just say, Jesus is Lord, whatever he wants me to do. It'll be better serving him for my life than anything I could pursue in the world. Well, I can't, I don't have time to go to church because I got to work. We got to work. You know, we got to, we got bills to pay. That man told me this morning, I got nine kids. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you doing out of the salt, the salt meal? He's desperate. We're never desperate. I'm never desperate. I'm just always turning the corner to go to the next thing. So, so the life, here's, here's why we want you to pray at home. This is why we want you to read the word every day. This is, this is the minimum. I'm, I'm, don't think, well, I read that. I must be good. No, 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 no. This just gets you through a plan, a methodical plan. There's a new gospel every quarter. Matthew is at the first. Mark and then Luke and then the last quarter is, is John and it's, it's like that. But this is nothing. But it's, it's just get everybody at least the minimum doing this. We ought to pray. We, we pray two times a week. Well, we pray for weird stuff. We pray for your kin folks and people that have come to church. We pray for the government and, and whatever we pray. We pray for River Church. We, we, we're not about, well, who, who's got a little boo-boo on their arm? We don't pray about that. But you need, to, you need to have a season of prayer in your life so that you can know what the will of God is for your life, the assignment on your life. The life that we live is hidden for us. And let me just say this. On Wednesday night, we pray one or two minutes, like 120 seconds is all in the Holy Ghost. And you may think, how come there's no interpretation? Because the scripture says there should be interpretation. That's the gift. There's nine gifts, and one of them is tongues and the interpretation of tongues. But this is not that. This is our, this is our prayer language, yes. It's our devotional language. It's, it's what we pray. And the Bible says we pray out mysteries. Mysteries that are hidden for you. Mysteries that God has for you to discover. It's like a, a, a box at the bank where you go in and you open the safety deposit box because your mamaw gave you a key and said, when I'm gone, go find this. 
and you find out what the mystery is. That's what he's got for us. But we each have to pray it out. I can't pray out Lisa's. I can't pray out Zan's. I, I have to pray out me. But we come together and we pray. We pray corporately for River Church because we don't know what necessarily the next step is. There's a hundred ways we can go. We're, we're going to go into a new property this next year, but we're not sure where it is. We just have believed we received when we prayed. And the money. It's not like, ah, what's interest rate? We don't care. We're not doing that. But I'm just saying what he's doing for you individually, he's also doing for River Church. So we pray out the mysteries. So there's no interpretation. Now, sometimes there is. Sometimes a word will come, but that's different. That's not an interpretation. That's just a prophetic word. We get in the spirit on the Lord's day, so to speak. So how about that? I like this. I don't have time for it, though. But I will tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that next time. Every day is a jubilee. Don't be thinking, well, you know, when's, when's the jubilee? It's today. The Lord stood up in, he quoted Isaiah 60 or 61. He quoted it and said, uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then at the end of it, he said, uh, uh, to, to, the, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, that's what we have. That's what we have all day, every day. Jubilee has come. His name is Jesus. And there is no little or lack or need or shortage or or trouble in your life. Everything's already been solved, but we pray it out and we work it out with wisdom and we, we go through it. And when we do, we take somebody with us. It's not just you getting delivered on the other side. It's you taking somebody with you. They don't necessarily go with you in it, but then you tell them about it. Well, this is what I had facing me and this is what the Lord did for me. And look at my life. And they go, oh, well, I got some troubles too. Come help me. And we can I, I love this. Uh, I want to lay hands on you this morning. Before the year ends, I want to lay hands on you. It's, there's, there's a lot of scripture about it. We won't go into any of them. But there's impartation. It's up to you. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's up to you. When you get born again, it's up to you. If you sit there and say, I'm not getting nothing, well, that's you will, you will prophesy and win every time. So I want to I want to lay hands on you this morning. So if you'd stand up, it won't take long, I don't think. We're gonna we're we're gonna 